0: Hello and welcome to What the Denmark, the show that explains things that seem peculiar as an outsider in Denmark. I'm Sam.
1: And I'm Josefine. Each episode we'll discuss a new topic, talk to experts and try to understand why something so normal in Denmark is confusing to foreigners. Despite living abroad for many years, I'll be giving the inside view of Danish culture.
0: And as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm originally from the UK, and so we'll be giving the outsider view of the country. Our ultimate goal is to resolve cultural confusion in Denmark. This show is just one part of that mission, and so stick around to the end to hear about how you too can be involved.
1: Welcome to the second part of our look at friendships in Denmark.
0: If you haven't already, you might enjoy listening to part one, where we talk about the theory behind why, in general, Danes like to keep a small number of close friends, and what this can feel like for non-Danes.
1: In this episode, Sam and I talk about the practicalities of how to make friends, including heartwarming advice from a Brazilian-Danish pair who've become great friends.
0: Josephine and I get started by picking up the conversation on the topic of networking. So I spoke with a girl called Ana Sofia, who's a student from Portugal. Her big tip was to this idea of networking. So especially being a student, she would basically say, go to as many events as possible. And she defined networking as basically what we've been talking about as an acquaintance. so Somebody who you know, but you don't necessarily have to meet them for a coffee every time.
2: My advice would be just for people to be very open-minded and to network, regardless of whether you're going to be as friends with that person or if you just want to have their contact in case you need it
0: and her big tip when it came to networking is that once you connect with somebody never actually say goodbye
2: By Adam them on facebook i will try to make sure to um, be an active like friend and either like their posts or comment or if eventually like very rarely most likely just send them a text hey how are you and if not in that case for me it has always been like people have Um, reached out to me and whenever I reached out to them. So, because I never like completely lose contact with someone, or at least I try not to.
1: I like that tip, but I think right now, basically, expats have to do way too much to break into Danish culture. I'm very much aware of that. And I hope a lot of Danes will listen to this because they're not really aware how difficult it is. And I think most Danes actually really, really would love to be Hospitable, they would really like to invite people in, but they don't see it. They don't realize that people feel lonely. They can't make friends. So, if we manage to spread the word, so to speak, then I actually think a lot of Danes they would be very happy to to commit more.
0: Totally, the more that people from different backgrounds can can speak with each other um, and have a space to do it, and, you know, the, the better. Um, and if we can we can help in fostering that. That's fantastic.
1: Exactly. And I mean, for a Dane, also having uh, foreign friendships or friendships with expats could be a huge thing, also in terms of you learning language, but you know, engaging with
0: new cultures. Well, I think that there's this fascinating um, study, Mark Granovetter, a sociology professor at Stanford University in 1973, published a paper called The Strength of Weak Ties, people who are in your network but aren't close friends are a great source of new information and ideas compared to strong Thai friendships. Seeing familiar faces has been shown to buoy people's moods. It's a great way to get job opportunities as well as a nice thing to do. So you get to know someone without the expectation that you have to meet them for a coffee every three weeks. So I thought this was really interesting to sort of demonstrate or sort of clarify that that, 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 yes obviously there are lots of benefits of having these really deep relationships but there are actually benefits of having these weak tie friendships, where, as I say, you're not gonna, there's not the expectation that you're going to be, this person's going to come to your wedding, um, but you can have enough of a chat to them and this idea, new sources of information, new connections. I think it's a study, especially in Denmark, you know, lots of um, jobs are made through networking, and so just actually getting to know this person who's at the school gates or who's at your office, there might actually be quite an interesting some things that could come from that.
1: But I think that. The networking circles are also quite small in Denmark. They're very much based around the relations you had um, at universities, through your work. And the difficult thing as a foreigner is to come in and maybe engage with colleagues through your new job and feel that you get to know each other quite well and you start thinking they're your friends. Mm -hmm. But actually, people still see you as a colleague and you might not be invited around to their house because there is an invisible border between workspace and private space in Denmark. So, so it doesn't tend to blur. So basically your network at work is one thing, but it doesn't translate into friendships mm. at
0: home. Well, I think I agree 90% of the time. I do have one we mentioned the, the Danish and the Brazilian couple.
1: It can happen. It can, it can happen. happen.
0: It can happen. So tell you what, let, let's just give them, have a little listen to uh, the lovely story of Camilla and Amelia. So actually, Guki, who is one of the researchers on what the Denmark reached out to Camilla and Amelia, after reading an article on the local.dk, an English-speaking website in Denmark, I went and met them both for a coffee one afternoon in Copenhagen. And I must say, interviewing the two of them was a bit like talking to two teenagers in love. They would often finish each other's sentences and be gushing about how lucky they were to have found each other. Once we got settled in, I asked if they could start from the beginning.
2: I looked across the room. Our eyes met suddenly. (laughs) There she was. was. It
3: was was a rainy Tuesday. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Camilla had recently started working at MobilePay a Danish finance company. And after overhearing some conversations where Emilia was speaking, she felt compelled to join in.
2: I think we hit it off really quickly yeah. because we both like weird stuff, geeky yeah. stuff, okay. like all kinds of theoretical stuff. And we both have a little bit of a research background. So I think that also helped that. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that for us, it was kind of like a, an Elsa moment of let it go. Yeah, exactly. We, we were in the finance industry, yeah. so it's you don't talk about uh, Shakespeare or you know black, black hole theory mm-hmm. with everybody. in when you're in, yeah. in the finance industry, so when you finally find someone who has those interests and you can share a lot, it was like, oh my god, I feel yeah. so free. Yeah. And then I remember telling my husband, you know, like, oh my god, I just met this girl and we're talking about this and this and that, and it was so amazing. I finally feel that I like that I'm starting to it, to fit in and so on. Okay. So it. it it, that's how it. Yeah, started. and I felt the same.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As Camilla said, it was it was really kind of like this instant bonding mm. in in like that creative, intellectual like you know when you have really quirky conversations about weird stuff. And suddenly, someone else is just like. Yeah. And someone gets it, and it then you're be. kind of like, oh my god, someone else gets it.
0: With this strong connection, they began chatting more every day in the office, and it soon transitioned to being friends outside of work. A big step in the friendship was the ability to find small, informal times in the week where they could meet up.
2: And I think that's one thing that Danish people might not always be so good at that I can recommend, which is... So, again, our walks. Mm. It's a really nice concept in that a walk can last for 15 minutes. Mm. It can also... It can be just a way Mm -hmm. to get home. It can be... We stop up and have a coffee. It can be we go and have a dinner for like three hours. So it's more one of the things that I think Danish people sometimes are not so good at is it's either you go all in and it's a full dinner and you meet with friends and it's a big production and everything. Like having those little casual interactions of drinking coffee, walking home, it's where it's 30 minute or 45 minute. Like I think that's why people maybe find friendships difficult because they become like these massive commitments.
0: When I asked them both about what advice they would have for Danes and non-Danes making friends, they took an almost philosophical approach. Both of them said that they came to this friendship seeing each other as a human being, rather than all the stereotypes that can be bound up in being a Brazilian or a Dane.
3: I think that we were both interested in understanding each other's universes. Mm. Once you can see people you know as people i think that the other things they do become kind of secondary yeah. and then that other person becomes someone who can actually teach you so much hmm. about aspects from you know culture hmm. and, and uh, society and so on
2: yeah I, I i think kim is totally right and i know it maybe sounds like a um banal thing but it's it's a letting your ego fall and yeah. needing the other person as a person
0: emilia had this really nice sentiment that we closed on.
2: The problem is that we all meet each other with all of these kind of assumptions and preconceived perceptions and and if if you're meeting the world that way, you're probably going to get your reality validated. But if you have the courage to kind of not meet that the world that way and kind of go, I wonder who this even that even yeah. when you're old and even <laughs> even when you like you've tried it a lot of times that you still meet the world and wonder who is this person and you know, I wonder with curiosity, mm. I, I think that opens up the door for a real friendship. And I have told uh,
3: that to Milly many times, but I mean, I have a Danish husband and I have been working in Denmark, but until I met her, I never felt home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her friendship has, uh, has brought me this feeling of belonging, mm. finally. And I just hope that other people can, can get the same.
1: Isn't it? Yeah, so it is possible to meet good friends at work. And I think that that spontaneity they talk mm. about is wonderful. And it is the one thing I miss terribly from uh, living abroad. I'm quite a spontaneous person myself. And I love the idea of just calling a friend and saying, "Do you have a glass of re- red wine? Uh, let's uh, go for a walk. Mm. Um, and I did find, as a Dane myself, but a Dane who's lived abroad for many years, that when I came back, No one had time for me because they were literally booked for the next three months in their diaries for those big events and for their dinners and all of that. So there was no space for me. So I had very few friends, maybe two or three, who Mm. had time to just be spontaneous
0: with me. And were they were they international friends? Were they also Danes?
1: A mix. There were some Danes that were just spontaneous types. And I think they were also maybe thinking, oh, it's Josefina. I mean, she, that's just the way she is. Because mm-hmm. I, I am actually not able to book my diary three months ahead because I'll be stressed thinking about all the things that are planned for me. I prefer engaging spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And that way I I don't have my whole life planned. And mm-hmm. and that gives me a freedom yeah. to, to Engage with what's around me at the time, but that's very undanish. Mm. And uh, and and I love what they're mentioning here. Of course, there should be room for also having your nice dinner party to plan your life,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: having few sort of breathing
0: spaces
1: where you can engage in that way is wonderful.
0: Yeah, and and, and I just th- this idea of it can just be a fifteen-minute walk, or it can just be a qu- you know a quick chat, and because. I often find this as well. Like you've got when you're sort of going through, you're like, "Gosh, okay, yeah, I've got three evenings a week or whatever," and suddenly you, these engagements start filling up, and it's like, "Okay, actually, maybe after, maybe I'll finish work early and I'll just cycle over to your place and we'll have a cup of coffee, and then I'll head off to this other engagement or something," where it becomes less of a a big thing.
1: Exactly, and you you are not going to organize your diary around a 15-minute walk. Mm. So you would never call someone and say, should we do a 15-minute walk <laughs> in three months' time? Because that's where I have a spot in my diary. Mm. No, it's the sort of thing you need to do in a spontaneous way. Mm. And I have to say that I've found that to an extent in my local little neighborhood, there are neighbors who are, you know, doing their gardens. Uh, we live by the sea, so you'd go swimming and so on. And there you can engage in a more spontaneous way mm. because it's 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 your local little environment. But bringing that out into the more uh, general sphere, the works where, where the the spaces where you meet new people, that's where we we don't excel, Mm as Danes.
0: One thing that I think is good for us to talk about is thinking about what are some strategies for people new to Denmark to actually get friends. So we sort of set the scene. So Danes typically like a small number of very close friends. Often there'll be you know, years of history, um, don't necessarily have lots of space for new friends. So I thought it'd be interesting to sort of talk about some ideas of how to, how to break in and how to actually make a friends, make friends with a Dane. So again, for this one, we did a bit of research. Um, so there is a very good website called how to live in um, by an American lady who's been here for 20 years uh, and her number one tip is find Danes who didn't grow up in the city that you moved to and this goes back i think to your your point of having school friends so if you if you are moving to Aarhus um find people who didn't grow up in Aarhus you want
1: people from Copenhagen yeah. if you Go to Aarhus, which is in west Denmark in Jutland, mm-hmm. and if you go to Copenhagen, you need to find all of the people from Fun and from Jutland exactly. in that city. All, because- all the
0: non-Copenhagen, because the, the Copenhageners will likely still have their friends and family relationships, which you'll have to 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 go to. So that was a really good one. Um, there's the classics of get a hobby. Go to a club.
1: Yeah, that was what I would suggest as yeah. well. But even so, you tend to then have some social engagement there, but mm. moving into the private sphere still is so difficult. So tricky.
0: Um, similar thing, volunteering. It's quite good. You know, so doing something where you've got this common purpose and you're. it's a bit like working, but maybe it's sort of in, now that it's more in your sort of time time off, your non core time, maybe that's another time to, to develop it. Um, I find it personally very difficult to get to the stage of like, how can I put it? Asking someone out on a first date in terms of getting to that stage of can we go to can we go for a beer? Uh, or can we go for a coffee? And what I found really useful is I've been able to get some introductions to people who, you know, a friend of a friend who can vouch for me to not be a weirdo. So they basically <laughs> You freak. So, yeah. <laughs> so they basically so I basically said to my friends, uh hi guys, you know, but just sitting there, I moved to Copenhagen, do you know anyone who's quite cool who lives there? And a few of my friends said, oh yeah, I know someone, and they kind of put me in touch, and so if we've got this common friend, maybe it's not even a friend, it could be even an acquaintance, but yeah, hi Martin, Um, yeah, my friend Sam just moved to Copenhagen, Uh, it's quite new to the city, would you mind just going for a beer with him? And getting to that point of, okay, we're actually going to sit down for two hours and have a beer, that's when it's like, me and Martin seem pretty, pretty friendly, now let's actually go off and like we're on the path to becoming a friend. So it would be really difficult, I think, for me and Martin to get to that point where we could sit down for a beer, but being able to have somebody, a common friend introduce you to get you to that stage is uh has been really useful to sort of get over that first step.
1: I think those are very good strategies yeah. for sure. And then there are the other expats. I think yeah. it's worth uh, engaging with the other expats because just having a, a A good space where you can hang out with other people while you slowly merge into Danish culture is Mm. probably what's going to keep you sane. And then look for the Danes who've lived abroad because they always make much more of an effort inviting people in. And I certainly do that myself because I'm also aware that it can be really difficult when you come from abroad. And I have been so lucky to enjoy the hospitality of uh, all of the wonderful people I've met abroad and mm-hmm. without them, I don't know how I would have enjoyed being abroad for so many years because they have been incredible. Mm-hmm. They've invited me along to so many special occasions. They are some of my most important friends.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I'm totally right. And I think the you know when somebody has had that experience living abroad, there's almost that empathy of, okay, well, I don't know this guy that well, but it seems all right. Maybe I'll do this slightly non-Danish thing of inviting him for beers with a few of these other friends that I'm meeting so that he can meet them too. Or maybe we are doing this trip or we were going kayaking. Oh, let's maybe bring Sam along as well. And it won't necessarily feel natural, but it's a way which will, yeah, help other people.
1: Yeah, it's and I think it also comes from a kind of gratitude mm. from the way you've been received in other places. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, they are exceptionally grateful for the way they were brought into people's homes, the way they were uh, received when they went abroad. So definitely look for Danes who have some foreign Mm. background. The
0: the only issue I found with this is um, a lot of my friends who are Danes who have international experience are also quite open to the idea of living abroad again. So, so they might disappear, so they might disappear again. again. So oh no, I've got to um, so, You don't
1: want to lose them, but I yeah. think also those Danes they have friendship circles, and Absolutely. then as you say, they might invite you out kayaking or something. Yeah. The other thing I think works quite well, and now I have an English husband myself who, obviously, feels like you that sometimes they're basically ruin the intimate circle by speaking English and then suddenly everyone else is speaking English because they want to be inclusive, but yet you don't have that very cozy space you are otherwise having um, just with your very close friends speaking your language. You know, organizing some things yourself and inviting Mm -hmm. any Danes you might know to Mm -hmm. it. So for example, it could be a wine tasting. Danes love wine. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be a meal Uh, from your home country, so you organize uh, an English roast or something like that, Mm -hmm. and you invite some of the maybe Danish acquaintances or someone you know not very well, but Mm -hmm. that you've met somewhere, invite them. And the moment you've invited them into your space, I bet you that most Danes, they would really like to invite you back. Mm. Um, It might take three months because of their diary. (laughs) So don't, you know, be offended by that because it's just fitting people in. And it really is difficult when you get into that whole Danish way that, you know, your diary is completely full and you try to have a little bit of breathing space, but... You know, it's difficult to find room for those quick and spontaneous uh, engagements. Is
0: is it basically when it comes to the calendar, you just need to play the game and you just need to be, if somebody comes back and says, look, let's meet up in two months. You just need to accept, okay, this is not them buffing me off. Um, They still might like me, but it's just the practicalities of the calendar
1: it's probably a huge compliment because, you know, they probably pushed you in between a lot of engagements and otherwise Mm. you would have had to wait for half a year.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very good.
1: So we've now talked about that friendships are possible if you're open-minded for Danes to maybe try to be a little bit more spontaneous because actually it can open up for... For great friendships and opportunities to to learn about the world um, but we've also talked about how important it is that danes are maybe more aware of how they can help engage people coming from abroad in their lives
0: exactly. i think that then the big thing that i've taken away from this is um, yes having deep meaningful friendships and relationships is a virtue and something which should be encouraged but there is this sort of it doesn't have to be so binary. And I feel there can be this sort of slightly more blend or hybrid where you can continue to get benefits of seeing people and, and having more people in your life without it you know, disrupting that cozy feeling.
1: Yeah, and as a foreigner, maybe you, uh, you think about what is your national dish? Invite mm-hmm. some Danes along. They will actually really love that. And that's engaging in, in a very Danish way around the table. Mm. And you may well find that you're invited
0: back. Totally maybe even bring a beer from your own country that might even go down better oh yeah thanks to everyone who has helped in the creation of the episode including David Doliak Guki Guna Shivali, Reke Campbell Andreas Poulsen Kevin Most and Tevin Sudi
1: We hope you enjoyed the show. We're still early in our journey of resolving cultural confusion in Denmark and would love for you to join us by subscribing to the show on your podcast app. If you like this episode, please consider telling a friend about it. And you can also head over to www.whatthedenmark.com to receive our newsletter. Thanks for listening. I'm Josephine Volkvarts.
0: And I'm Sam Floyd. You can maybe help me on this. It's so Emilia. So e M. Emilia. Emilia.
1: Em, think about it. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Emilia.
0: Emilia. Okay.